0: Does Mormon Doctrine Support Incest? Part 2 next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? In 1890, 70-year-old Henry Sudwicks married his brother's daughter. She was 42-year-old Emma Sudwicks. This is only one of the very few Mormon incest marriages that was actually prosecuted. He was convicted of incest and sentenced to a three-year term, but served only a little over a year. It is a totally normal in Mormon polygamy groups today to find plural marriages where a man marries his brother's daughter. Uncle, these marriages are common. The topic of incest in Mormonism is presented as a result of an email that we received in April from a pastor in Sweden who was concerned with the increase of Mormon missionaries in the area and wanted to better understand their unique and peculiar doctrine of a pre-existent life before this mortality and how their ideas actually do support incest, both in their spiritual preexistence and the physical here in mortality. Before we begin, we want to read the email again to establish the reason for this topic.
1: Yes. Hi, I, I pastor a church in Sweden. We have a growing number of Mormon missionaries here, and I like to educate myself. Thank you for an excellent show. I've been following the show for several years and take a particular interest in the fundamentalist groups. I have a question. I was wondering if you could elaborate on the theology of us all being the real children of Heavenly Father. Also on the conception of Jesus. The more I dive into this, the more I see a theology that supports incest. This, of course, is doctrine that is the same regardless of if you are mainstream LDS or a fundamentalist. I don't want to get anything wrong, and I was hoping you could do a bit of a deep dive into the subject. Blessings FM.
0: Okay, so we dove the, the, in part one. We, we dove. dove. Now we're going to go a little deeper. <laughs> it
1: gets a little mucky in the diving. It really yeah. does. Yeah.
0: It really does. In part one, we talked about some of the historical instances of early Mormon polygamy and incest. And we're quoting extens- extensively from a paper written by Jesse Embry, Ultimate Taboos, Incest, and Mormon Polygamy. And the link to that article uh, and that paper actually is on the screen. It's a very interesting read if you want to download download it and read it. This paper discusses early Mormon sexuality, polygamy and incest in Mormon practices. And we ended part 1 with this quote. I'm saying this right,
1: Beetle? Is that the way um, you would I think say so, that? Yeah. Beetle claimed that a prominent Mormon, Victor Cran, told him, as it was with Abel and Abraham, so it will be again. The day will soon come when brothers and sisters will marry. Shouldn't I prefer my own blood to any other? Don't I love my own blood best?
0: And we just barely started talking about that as we ended part one. Now, this is a narcissistic attitude, and it has manifested itself in today's polygamy groups. They love their own blood best.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, as we've discussed many times in numerous programs of polygamy, what love is this? Incest is a doctrine of the Kingston polygamy group as long as the Kingston bloodline is involved in the incestuous marriage. Men marry their own sisters. She has the same father but different mother. Uncles and nieces are often married as well as first cousins. What's worse is that children of these incestuous marriages are themselves marrying close relatives and this is called inbreeding. Now many birth defects and miscarriages and stillborn babies with horrible physical abnormalities have resulted. Had they lived, we wonder what kind of mental defects might those particular children have suffered. When the Kingston leader introduced sibling marriages, he remarked there, there would be some mistakes, <laughs> he some genetic <laughs> mistakes as a result, but the, the, but the results would be worth it. Like Hitler, Kingston wanted to produce a pure bloodline, and he thought Kingston bloodline was it. That's loving your own blood best, right? Yes. Narcissistic. But it's not only the Kingstons who practice incest, although they are doctrinally entwined with it. Other polygamy groups have no problem with cousins and uncles and in-law marriages and so on. Not only is that against civil law, but it is also against the very Old Testament law under which all of Mormonism has placed itself. Now all of this is connected to their false belief that we pre-existed in our spirits and are all spirit children of one Heavenly Father and one of His wives whom they call our Heavenly Mother. What they believe on the spiritual level obviously transcends into our mortal existence and this includes incestuous procreation. Mm -hmm. So let's present some quotes from Mormonism's prophetic voice, on the literal fatherhood and motherhood of our spirits, according to their idea of a preexistence.
1: Yeah, this is from the teachings of President Brigham Young. I tell you, when you see your father in the heavens, you will see Adam. When you see your mother that bore your spirit, you will see Mother Eve.
0: So they were a father and mother in heaven before we were born, according to Brigham Young. Now the question again here is, they believe God has a body of flesh and bones, so why does he have spirit children?
1: How can he have spirit children? (laughs) Yeah, how can he have
0: spirit children? Although the following quote is somewhat aside from the main topic. It's very important for our viewers to understand the early Mormon mindset. This is how Brigham Young preached.
1: Again from his teachings. How are you going to get your resurrection? You will get it by the president of the resurrection pertaining to this generation, and that is Joseph Smith, Jr. Hear it, all ye ends of the earth. If ever you enter into the kingdom of God, it is because Joseph Smith let you go there. This will apply to Jews and Gentiles, to the bond and free, to friends and foes. No man or woman in this generation will get a resurrection and be crowned Without Joseph Smith says so. He is the president of the resurrection in this dispensation, and he will be the first to rise from the dead. When he has passed through it, then I reckon the keys of the resurrection will be committed to him. Then he will call up his apostles. You know, I told you last conference I was an apostle of Joseph Smith. If faithful enough, I expect Joseph will resurrect the apostles. And when they have passed through the change... And receive their blessings, I expect he will commit to them the keys of the resurrection, and they will go on resurrecting the saints, every man in his own order.
0: Now, uh, when I read this, (laughs) I noticed in all of this there's no
1: Jesus. Uh, What do we need him for?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's all about Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and Mormon apostles and all this power that they have within themselves to do all of these things that only Jesus can do. He's not the main focus of their early Mormon preaching. Therefore, we have to conclude that polygamy, incest, eternal marriage, the united order, temple work, baptism for the dead, the pre-existence doctrine, and all the rest did not come from a... Christ-centered religious attitude. From the BYU website website we read this.
1: Hmm. There is indeed indication that the intelligence dwelling in each person is co-eternal with God. It always existed and never was created or made and that's from Doctrine and Covenants 9329. In due time that intelligence was given a spirit body becoming the spirit child of God the eternal father and his beloved companion the mother in heaven. This spirit inhabited by the eternal intelligence took the form of its creators and is in their image. And that's from Ballard, page 140. To the Joseph Smith, to the prophet Joseph Smith, it was revealed that we are all literal spirit sons and daughters of heavenly parents.
0: There you go again. Yeah. And, and so we ask, where's Jesus? Yeah. Now I've talked to people who claim that they knew their spouse before in the pre existence yes. yeah, yeah. and chose them to be their spouse when they came here. He in promises other words,
1: up there, yes. Yeah. Right.
0: In other words, they're choosing their siblings to marry <laughs> before they're born. How creepy is that? The preexistence is a foundational doctrine of Mormonism. It doesn't matter that in many places the Bible tells us that only Jesus preexisted and Jesus Christ is God. And even in Joseph Smith's translation, he says the spiritual did not come first. But those facts don't phase Mormon doctrine, and sadly, members rarely check out the authenticity of what they believe. When polygamy or when biblical truth gets in the way, they merely claim that you can't trust the Bible.
1: That's right. It's easy. We have another
0: quote. Yeah.
1: The Prophet Joseph Smith taught that God himself, finding he was in the midst of spirits and glory because he was more intelligent, saw proper to institute laws whereby the rest of the intelligences could have a privilege to advance like himself. That's from the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith. His plan included sending his sons and daughters to earth, the second estate, Thus, to Latter-day Saints, premortal life is characterized by individuality, agency, intelligence, and opportunity for eternal progression. It is a central doctrine of the theology of the Church and provides understanding to the age-old question, Whence cometh man?
0: Again, no Jesus. All of this about about these religious ideas so and there's no jesus. no jesus and the bible does answer their question whence cometh man all you have to do is read genesis chapters one and two it answers your questions and all of this is of course paving the way to deep dive as our viewers ask the question about mormons doctrine uh supporting uh, spiritual and physical incest brigham young again we're talking about prophets here okay yeah, yeah. brigham young Preach this about the birth of Jesus Christ.
1: Hmm. From the Journal of Discourses. The birth of the Savior was as natural as are the births of our children. It was the result of natural action. He partook of flesh and blood was begotten of his father as we were of our fathers
0: okay when they say literal that's what they that's mean what they literal mean. sexual relations right. now the prophet again this is a word used loosely brigham young preached jesus' birth was the result of natural action that heavenly father had sex with his own daughter mary see what we mean when we say that the preexistence is necessarily tied into an incestuous doctrine Heber C. Kimball also taught it.
1: Yeah, he did, and also in the Journal of Discourses. In relation to the way in which I look upon the works of God and his creatures, I will say that I was naturally begotten. So was my Father and also my Savior, Jesus Christ. According to the Scriptures, he is the first begotten of his Father in the flesh, and there is nothing unnatural about it.
0: Okay, now the Bible says that He, Mary became pregnant through... Uh, the Holy Spirit.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> which is unnatural.
1: Yeah.
0: This refers, what, what Kimball and and, and and Brigham Young are referring to is an unnatural sexual relationship that they claim God the Father had with his daughter Mary to produce Jesus. And when they say they believe Jesus is the literal son of God, they are using Mormon speak to hide the truth of this incest. Another president prophet, Joseph Fielding Smith.
1: Yeah, from the Family Home Evening Manual in 1972. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God in the flesh. Well, now for the benefit of the older ones, how are children begotten? I answer, just as Jesus Christ was begotten of of his Father, Jesus is the only person who had our Heavenly Father as the Father of his body.
0: And we have a graphic come from the Family Home Evening Manual produced by the Mormon Church that ha- shows how they were supposed to teach their children that the the uh, the the birth of Jesus was as natural as yeah. as it is. <laughs> and there's the graphic there on the screen: mother and father begets a child, and Mary and God, her mm. father in heaven, begets Jesus. Yeah, and of course. We cannot do anything like this without quoting from the pretended (laughs) intelligence of Orson Pratt. Yeah,
1: from the seer. The Holy Ghost gave her, Mary, strength to abide in the presence of the Father without being consumed, but it was the personage of the Father who begat the body of Jesus. And for this reason, Jesus is called the only begotten of the Father. That is, the only one in this world whose fleshly body was begotten by the Father. There were millions of sons and daughters who he, who he begat before the foundation of this world, but they were spirits and not bodies of flesh and bones.
0: So the spiritual pre-existence of That's Mormonism... Right. Includes the begetting of millions of sons and daughters through sexual relations with the Mormon Heavenly Father and his plural wives. They're born on this planet and marry each other, so this is incest of a sort. But that's not the worst. The worst is that Mary's Heavenly Father knocked on her door one night and had sex with her. She got pregnant and gave birth to her brother, Jesus. Now, people may say, well, in the Bible, Adam and Eve's children married each other to begin Earth's population. What's the difference? Well, there's a couple of reasons to... uh a couple of answers, to excuses. Yeah. First, Mormonism believes that billions of spirit children all have the same mother and father, but with the generations after Adam and Eve, humans have different mothers and fathers. And second, Adam and Eve were created genetically perfect. The genetic problems that resulted from their sin, because of their sin, gets worse with each generation until finally, in Leviticus, God prohibited close family marriages. Mormonism claims to be the Israel. of this dispensation and like we said they've willingly placed themselves under the Old Testament laws that God gave Moses but polygamists ignore his ban on incest incest is generational in the polygamy groups and definitely their idea that all humans are brothers and sisters in the spirit world and it plays out in their claims that a couple was betrothed to each other while they're still in the spirit world and so they're planning their sibling marriages there Or some pride again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The fleshly body of Jesus required a mother as well as a father. Therefore, the father and mother of Jesus, according to the flesh, must have been associated together in the capacity of husband and wife. Hence, the Virgin Mary must have been, for the time being, the lawful wife of God the Father. Mm, Boy. Inasmuch as God was the first husband to her, it may be that he only gave her to be the wife of Joseph while in the mortal state and that he intended after the resurrection to again take her as one of his own wives to raise up immortal spirits in eternity. Now there's some (laughs) deep thinking on Orson Pratt's part. So
0: so he's teaching that Mary will become a plural wife of her father in heaven. So it's a father-daughter marriage that God has prohibited.
1: Poor Joseph.
0: He's, oh, my word. Brigham Young
1: said this. Yeah. The man Joseph, the husband of Mary, did not, that we know of, have more than one wife, but Mary, the wife of Joseph, had another husband.
0: And so in Mormon that, ed- that
1: would be God, theology,
0: right? it would be her father. Yeah. Her, her second husband, she was a, a polygamist with two husbands, and one of those husbands was her father. Jesus, in in Mormon theology, Jesus is our spiritual brother from the pre-existence, and he came to earth after, after having been sexually begotten by his father and his sister. On the screen is a list of some of the Mormon men and publications that teach God came from heaven and had physical sex with Mary to produce Jesus. This is a long list of some people who taught this, and so it's now not this, just one or this two isn't
1: isolated, right? You know, from just Orson Pratt, right? Uh, but it includes Brigham Young and Orson Pratt, Heber C. Kimball, Joseph F. Smith, Joseph Fielding Smith, all prophets, except I guess, George Cannon, Ezra Taft Benson, messages of the first presidency, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, the Ensign Improvement Era, Talmage's Articles of Faith. Talmage in his conference reports, B.H. Roberts, Doctrines of the Gospel, Melvin J. Ballard, Bruce R. McConkie, McConkie and Millet, the Doctrinal Commentary on the Book of Mormon, the Life and Teachings of Jesus and His Apostles, Instructor's Guide Religion, Gospel Principles, Messages for Exaltation, Primary, I Am a Child of God, What the Mormons Think of Christ, and many, many more. Right. <laughs>
0: Like you said, it's not an isolated teaching. It's no. not some rogue teaching that they no, can no. deny.
1: That's true.
0: Despite the fact that Mormonism rejects the parts of the Bible they disagree with and the parts that contradict their faith, the Bible has proven to be true in every area that it's ever been tested. And the Bible tells us Jesus Christ was not created, no. and that there's no preexistence, and only He preexisted. It warns us that we will become like the God we serve, whether it's a false God or the true God. If God is holy, his followers will become holy. If God is true and faithful, we will be more and more like him as we develop. But Mormonism has created a God in their image rather than accepting the God of the Bible and believing his testimony about himself. We have scriptures to back up these statements.
1: Second Kings 1715, they followed worthless idols and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them, do not do as they do, and they did the things the Lord had forbidden them to do.
0: Which is exactly what we're talking about yeah. in, the, in these shows. Mormonism imitates the culture. Their doctrines change to reflect the pressures of current trends and political issues. But God says, don't do that. Even their Book of Mormon says God's decrees are unalterable. Yet Mormonism has altered many of what they claimed were God's commands, polygamy just being one of them. Jeremiah said this.
1: Yeah, in chapter 2, verse 5, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your fathers find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And from Lamentations 2.14, The visions of your prophets were false and worthless. They did not expose your sin to ward off your captivity. The oracles they gave you were false and misleading.
0: And you can so easily apply that to the false prophets of this religion. And we can ask the same question. What fault did Joseph Smith find in the biblical God that he had to invent a different one? What fault has Mormonism found in the biblical Jesus that they had to invent a different one? Jeremiah says it's worthless, and Lamentations, is written by Jeremiah, is easily applied to their religion, false, worthless, their teachings, false, and misleading. Yet God's plan is that those who follow the God of the Bible and who have not changed who He is or His attributes, God works in them to become more and more like who He is. We quote.
1: Yeah, there's three scriptures here: Romans 8:23, for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son; 2 Corinthians 3:18, and we who were who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, in Ephesians 4.24, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness.
0: So these verses are saying that when we follow the true God of the Bible, he works in us to change us to be more like him, him. which is in true righteousness and holiness. I'd like to point out in 2 Corinthians 3.18 where it says the Lord is the Spirit.
1: Yes, I you noticed. Know. That.
0: We, we don't yeah. want to talk Trinity right here, but that that yeah. is part of the where the the Bible backs up the Trinity doctrine. Right. The Lord is He's the Spirit.
1: Spirit.
0: Now these verses don't teach that we can become a God. It doesn't teach that at all, yeah. and that's not what we're saying. That we will become God. It means our character and our disposition and our attitude will all reflect God's work in us. This isn't perfection, but the character of the God we follow will be reflected in the character of the follower, which corroborates what Jesus said, the fruit that produced reflects the root that produced it. Or in modern statements, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) The bottom line is, is there incest in other religious organizations? Yes, there is. Is there incest in families who do not have a religious belief at all, and yet they might have incest in their families? Yes, that happens. But that fact, just because it happens in others, doesn't necessarily lessen the ugliness or the criminality or the moral degeneration of Mormons' incest, the doctrine that's tied up. And the Mormon Church, along with every single Mormon polygamy group, each claim they are God's saints. But saints don't do these things. How can they claim to be God's people with such a high ratio, rate of, of sex abuse and child abuse and domestic abuse and incest and pornography and suicide? Claiming to be God's only true church places their people, their doctrine, and their behavior on such a high pedestal that they invite scrutiny. And rightfully so. And they can't live up to it. They should quit claiming it.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: That's what the New Testament refers to when it exhorts us to live a life worthy of our calling. It doesn't teach us to do good works to become worthy, but it does teach that if we are Christians, we are supposed to behave like Christians, and not just in public, but also behind closed doors, on our computers, and in our bedrooms. And so...
1: I like what you said, too, about the, the Bible and Joseph Smith adding, why did he feel the need to add doctrines that were not in the Bible, and, mm-hmm. and why, what was the need there. Yeah. It's really his man-made gospel. It is, you know?
0: absolutely. His man-made God. Yeah. And his man-made Jesus. Yeah.
1: They're just not biblical. and uh,
0: No, they've added.
1: And I, I think it goes back in many ways to, to his uh, <laughs> obsession with sex. Absolutely. And his desire to have a church. I mean, we know that he didn't spend much time working and didn't have a career of sorts. Right, right. So a church was a a good way to do that. And And people believed him. Believed him and trusted what he had to say. And he found a way of...
0: Satisfying
1: his other desires.
0: When uh, one of the books came out uh, of a woman who had escaped the FLDS polygamy group, and and she had been in it when Warren Jeff took over, Mm -hmm. and she said that she noticed him when he would stand up in meetings that he would announce a new restriction or a new uh, order of things to do. And she said she watched to see how these things, and that sometimes he would he would announce something so outlandish, she wondered how anybody would ever believe it. But he was doing it to test the people to see how far they would go to obey him. And they always did. And they always did. So he knew he had all power. I think that's what Joseph Smith was doing. The more the outlandish thing he introduced and the more that they accepted it, the further he knew he could go. Mm. And so he came up with all of these, and you know he probably sat home at sometimes in a laugh and said, "These people believe anything." In fact, I used to quote like that one time. There
1: was a quote where, like where that.
0: these people, what's what's with these people? They will believe anything I say.
1: <laughs> well, and that kind of goes back to the golden plates and yeah. returning to Moroni and the head and the hat, the seer stone, and all these things that just um, he knew people would believe. He knew they and would, if, yeah. and and there's power, and not question.
0: There's power in the statement, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. And he found that out. Yeah. And he used it.
1: <laughs> Crazy.
0: Thank you. That's, yeah. that's the end of our topic, incest in Mormonism.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's kind of hard to put these together sometimes because it's so blasphemous in some areas. Yeah. You know, Abraham Lincoln has been credited as saying, quote, no law can give me the right to do what is wrong. Well, that may have been what the Supreme Court had in mind when they ruled that disallowing polygamy in this country was not infringing on their rights because freedom of religion does not give polygamists the right to do whatever they want to do. In the 1800s, polygamists claimed they were obeying a command from God. Today's polygamists claim the same thing, and that polygamy is an eternal law but laws and ordinances have been nailed to the cross. And those who trust Jesus are not saved by law or ordinances, but are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Ask God to take the veil from your eyes so that you can see the beauty of this simple truth. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by a Shield and Refuge ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon
1: fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.